things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff. Ah! Don't make me scared. A spooky girl amateur hour. Look like you have deceased. <laughs> he does not have the leukemias, though. I know. I'm so happy about it. I really tried to fucking cry at Club Soda about y- that. You did. I was not trying to make you cry about it. And then I was like, I, I- gotta say it. Yeah. yeah. So, Happy Cat does not have happy, le- or happy le- leukemia. Happy leukemia. <laughs> the kitty leukemia. The doctor had to, made me take another full ass blood sample and give it to her. Oh my God. And then she sent it to the fancy schmancy lab, like in Chicago. Okay. To get it tested there. Did he get a cat scan? Oh my God. <laughs> Very close. Okay. Um, but he's still losing weight, and we don't know why. He weighed 12 and a half pounds a year ago and 14 pounds two years ago. Okay. And he is at 10 pounds right now. Sweet honey. And that's a half pound less than when we took him to the vet two weeks ago. Ooh. So, we have to now weigh him every three days. <laughs> so I keep ma- track. So high maintenance. Oh, yeah, and now he gets, um... Fed three times a day. Okay. Just cat, just wet food. Yeah. So then all the other cats follow me, and then they get treats when Happy is getting his wet food. It is a whole production oh over here now. <laughs> but we have all four cats with us right now. All yeah, they're all. Izzy is lurking around. He's really mad. I'm in his bean bag. <laughs> he's he's decided to claim the bean bag. Yeah. That is where he is pretty much all the time. I mean, that makes sense. I had to like turn it over because I didn't want you to set sit cat hair, just like a ball of cat hair. Please. Um, I come over covered in cat hair. <laughs> so just go ahead and leave some. Okay. <laughs> leave some for me. It's a cat hair swap. Yeah. That's what I like. Uh, are we doing, what are we doing? Are we oh. doing grab bag? Are we doing? <laughs> we are. Yes. We're doing grab bag. Okay. Great. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hit record and we did not consult. We, we're on that no plan plan. The no plan plan. Listen, it's a crime that we're recording today because it is literally 84 degrees outside. Oh my God, it's so nice out. It snowed here less than a week ago. Uh, yeah, what, like five days? Five days and like three inches? Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't here. I well, was... and you know what? I <laughs> Sorry. I'm not going to get into weather. But, like, <laughs> the possible accumulation if the ground temperature hadn't been uh-huh. as warm as it had been, we could have easily gotten five and a half to six inches. Oh, my gosh. I know. Crazy. Yeah. I am kind of sad because I missed the big, big snow in February because <gasps> I was in Florida. I did, too. I was oh, yeah, also we in, Florida. in Florida. Oh, yeah. in Florida. Missing a huge weather event. I know. Our favorite kind our of. favorite thing. Ugh. And then I was in South Carolina when um, this snow happened. Your phone just came unplugged. My phone's going to die. So yeah. if I stop speaking in the middle of a grab bag. We got to <laughs> reconnect. <laughs> Are you plugged in? Yeah. Okay. I just have a loosey-goosey charger port because I sleep with my phone every night mm. and play Frasier. And so I have to have a 10-foot-long charger cable because, like, what if I want to, like, flip over and watch Frasier on, like, my other side? Oh, yeah. I so. have a 10-foot-long cable. cable. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. I don't know where mine is half the time. Like, I carry it around with me. Mm-hmm. And so right now it's in my office, and then I just, like, rely on that 20% to, like, get me through the really night. Really get you. <laughs> 
I've been listening to um, meditation on YouTube. Oh, I love. <gasps> hi, ha- hi, Izzy. Oh my god. Oh, are we gonna snuggle? Nobody move. Oh, he's gonna sniff you for a minute. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> oh, sniff no. away, bud. I'm not gonna promise you it's good. Okay. All right. <gasps> I'm gonna take a picture. We'll post it to the Instagram. i love it okay okay taylor edit the cat photo shoot out that was a lot a long period of silence for us to not do anything oh my god all right grab bag are you going first or do you want me to go first um why do you always ask me these questions because you're the only one that knows the answer to this question (laughs) you go first okay I have a doppelganger story for you. <gasps> Ooh, and a doppelganger. Yes, from a Reddit user. Okay. I unashamedly stole this story from G4Y13R1. I love that. Reddit is an endless treasure trove of creepy pasta. Absolutely. That is the exact material of our podcast. It's our aesthetic. It really is. Yes. It's our aesthetic. <laughs> All right, so this user says, when I was nine, I stayed home sick from school. I distinctly remember that I wasn't actually sick, simply, simply playing hooky to avoid bullying. Kids are cruel. As I did that a lot around that age. I woke up from a nap, turned on the TV in our living room, and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly her- leaned over the bar and stared at me without saying anything. I'd been awake for a few minutes at this point, so I can't rightly blame sleep paralysis for all of this. Now, whatever this thing was, it wasn't entirely, or it was entirely identical to my actual mother. It sounds weird to describe, but it's as if the only difference was that this thing pretending to be my mom had never felt a single emotion in its entire life. Oh my God. It was very unsettling. (gasps) It beckoned me, and I attempted to talk to her as I normally would my mother. She kept beckoning, refused to answer, and that's when I sensed something was horribly wrong. Naturally, I started screaming at this thing to answer me. It just kept beckoning. Ew. I bolted, running out of my room and into the yard, yelling for help. My mother, the real one, had been working in the yard and came rushing over. I told her what I had just seen, and she soothed me with easy explanations that it must have been a fever dream, but thankfully stayed by my side the rest of the afternoon, as I was a nervous wreck. I hate that. Shorty shrimpy, but... (laughs) Oogity spoogity. I think that there's something so weird about, like, the human instinct. Like, I don't understand how it's not included in this, like, five senses. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Because you can just... You know when something's wrong. Yeah. It's unnerving. Ew, I hate it. I hate it so much. I I hate it, but I also like that we have that. (laughs) Otherwise, those of us that have, like, questionable fear instincts... Yeah. Would be in big trouble. Anxiety. Just call it anxiety. (laughs) Questionable fear instincts. Listen, a lot of things that should make me freaked out and scared don't, but if I don't get an answer to a text message for too long, Mm -hmm. that's when my mind goes wild. Or you see like a wall underwater. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Questionable fear instincts. Questionable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) Poor William. Our friend discovered my hatred of things underwater, and he had a whole meltdown about it. Uh, yeah, William's having a heyday. What up, William? Okay, this I wrote. <laughs> I found the story literally like a day or two after mom's funeral. Oh, okay. It's a news article. Are you ready? I'm so ready. 
family left horrified when corpse's foot flopped onto loved one's casket during burial. <laughs> oh, oh God. Oh God, Jenny. That's it's bad. It's not funny. That's bad. <laughs> In August of 2017, family of Cleveland Butler, 85, were left shocked and horrified when a corpse's foot from the neighboring grave popped out and landed on top of the casket during the burial. Homie is supposed to be in another casket. (laughs) They should not be floating around nilly willy. All William Nilliam in the graveyard. Oh my god. The incident took place at Mount Holiness Memorial Park in New Jersey in the U.S. Daughter, Sandra Butler, told the New York Daily News, This was a very traumatizing situation. First dealing with losing my father, and then this? I couldn't even look at it. It was too much. And no one said anything to us. It was like business as usual for them. They just dumped the dirt in the plot like it was normal, like it meant nothing. Mr. Butler, who died of a stroke at a Brooklyn nursing home, made his final journey at the Robeson and Brown Funeral Home in Bedford, Stuyvesant. He left behind a large family, including four children, nine grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren, including Sandra and her brother, Alonzo. Alonzo told reporters, We all looked down, and we were looking at what apparently was a human foot and leg wrapped in plastic. Oh, my God. Sticking out on top of my father's casket. One of the mourners quickly snapped a picture. Yes! They claim cemetery workers quickly shoveled dirt over the foot. They heard it was a leg on the casket, and they didn't even try to investigate it. Mountain Holiness owner James Schmergel said incidences like this are not unusual. He said, is it newsworthy in a cemetery? Not really. Um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> We're going to need to have a little bit more grace. I do have some questions. <laughs> What if it was a murder victim who happened to get buried in a cemetery? Oh, correct. Because that, that leg should be in its own box. Yes. And well, so having known, my dad was cremated. So this is my first person that I planted in the ground. Uh-huh. They put the casket inside a giant metal box. Right. So like, even if you're down there for a long dang old period of time and the wood disintegrates, like you're still in a metal box. Yeah. You don't just have like limbs falling out. Especially not ones that have been removed from the rest of the body. Well, it so there is a picture. I, we probably shouldn't post it, but like we will if Instagram lets us. And it'll probably just have a warning content on it. Probably. It, and you can't, it's not like super graphic. Okay. But it looks like it just, because they bury them so close together that, yeah. like, the side of one grave, like, broke into the next door neighbor. Oh, my God. And it's like he was just, like, stretching, and it just, like, boop, popped out of the side. So it's not like a disembodied <gasps> leg. It's, like, sticking out of the dirt. Oh. It's weird. Oh, my. <laughs> I know. Oh, goodness. Okay. I'm oh. glad that you found that after your mom's funeral. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not before. <laughs> Me too. But like, I was still like, <laughs> <laughs> that I would be Jean. I know full well that if that would happen to you and me, we would never recover from laughing. <laughs> we would never recover. It doesn't matter who we're burying. We're ruining the funeral. That, I mean, it's over. At that point, <laughs> we are both cackling ourselves stupid. If I ever get buried and a disembodied leg doesn't fall out of the sky on top of my casket, I'm going to be so upset. I don't want it. I don't. 
If I don't get buried with a disembodied leg, I don't want it. If I'm the only dead body, I don't want it. Uh, All right. Are you ready for a little bit of a disaster? Yeah. Okay. On October 9th, 1995, Amtrak Sunset Limited train was on an ordinary cross-country trip from Miami to Los Angeles when it derailed while passing through Palo Verde, uh, Arizona. Verde. Verde? Yeah, Verde. Arizona. Four of the eight derailed cars fell 30 feet below a trestle bridge into a dry riverbed. Holy macaroni. 78 people were injured, 12 of them gravely, and one sleeping car attendant died. Upon- oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. What exactly is gravely injured? Uh, seriously enough to be taken to the hospital. Okay. Upon investigation, people discovered that rails had been intentionally shifted out of position and reconnected with wires. What? Bypassing security systems designed to warn train conductors of track problems. During the investigation of the crash, under the light of the full moon, something caught passenger Neil Halford's eye in the dirt. A piece of paper under a rock by the, le- the, by the wreckage. It was a typewritten anti-government manifesto, the Ooh. note Halford said, was signed Sons of Gestapo. Gestapo? Is that it? I don't know. Spell it. G-E-S-T-A-P-O. The Gestapo. Gestapo? Yeah. Gestapo. Okay, cool. It's the... Um, what is that? It's okay. the Nazi German police. Oh, interesting. Okay. Gestapo. Excellent. Okay. Um, so this was obviously no accident. They found three more similar letters along the crash site. Officials believe someone with knowledge of railway systems was responsible for the tampering, but no one was ever apprehended, although the investigation continues on to this day. What? In 2015, the FBI uh, field office in Phoenix, assistant special agent in charge Mark Quiner announced a $310,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of those who derailed the Sunset Limited. Damn. Yeah. Can you imagine how much money Amtrak had to pay out for loss of life? Oh my gosh, so much. I hate that for Amtrak. Yeah, I obviously it was a terrorist attack. Yeah. That was that's my mini disaster. I hate it. Yeah. Me too. Okay, so this is a story. We need I need y'all to listen and then we need to talk about it. Send me a DM, post it in the Facebook group, tag us on Twitter or Instagram. I got to know your feelings about it. So, let me paint the scene. Please do. Grandpa and grandma Built their house in the country, spent many years there just happily living. Sure. Sounds like my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Picture your grandparents. I will do that. Well, uh, the end gets grisly, but okay. whatever. Um, One day, Grandpa was out, like, whittling away in his workshop or whatever grandpas do, and Grandma was sitting in her favorite chair watching TV. Okay. Three shadowy figures casually stroll into the room. They look at her. And then they about face and run out the door. Uh. She tells her husband and the story gets passed down through the family. And legend has it that grandma's house is now officially haunted. Yup. Grandma and grandpa raise their kids and their kids have kids. And they lead like a very full and happy life in their haunted home. Grandma's life eventually comes to an end as all lives do. And there is a beautiful celebration of life held on her behalf. After she's laid to rest, one of her grandchildren named Jesse, his brother Hunter, and their sister Lynn make plans to go over to Grandpa's to help clean up some of Grandma's belongings. Grandpa's old, not in the best shape or condition, especially after losing the love of his life. So Jesse, Hunter, and Lynn pack up for the weekend and head over. 
As they enter the house in her favorite chair is a visage of grandma staring at the TV, which is off. Grandma turns her head to look at them with a puzzled look on her face. The three spook and run right back out through the front door. So, who is haunting who? <gasps> is it a haunting? Is it like a glitch in the Matrix? Is glitch it like a in the Matrix? I know. <laughs> A, like a ripple in the fabric of time what? that like this story was passed down through the family for her three grandchildren to like relive it and be there the, the three ghosts that she saw that ran out the door i i think it's a glitch in the matrix i also am gonna stick with glitch in the matrix i think it's a glitch because if they they were super freaked out so they didn't like purposefully time travel no so I think they, like, walked through the door and walked through a glitch. Yeah. What? That's what I think. Isn't that so bizarre? Ooh. <gasps> Those, listen, for our next grab bag, if you have a glitch in the Matrix. Oh God, please send it. We have to know. Please. I got to know what your glitch in the Matrix was. Have you ever had a glitch? Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. No. I just get really intense deja vu. Yeah. Like, intense. But, yes. Yeah, I will also get really intense deja vu, and then I have, I like to think of them as, like, premonition dreams, but they don't happen very often, only when big things are happening. Only terrible, big emotion things. Yeah, but I also did dream about Allie being pregnant, and I texted her, and I was like, just so you know, I already know that you're pregnant. And she was like, I haven't even fucking told my husband yet. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I already know about Best it. Best friends know all. Yeah. In my dream, I was, uh, my dream was like a Western. It was very weird. Of course. Um, you would dream in movie genres, weird. Taylor. Yeah. Yes, I would. <laughs> all my dreams are weird. But I was in this like Western town and I was sitting out in front of like the, I don't know, general store. <laughs> and out of nowhere, my friend Allie comes out and she is dressed in like modern day clothes, just like she normally would. And she didn't talk, but she like grabbed my hand. And I had in my dream, I remember thinking she's pregnant. And then she handed me a blue flower. And I was like, okay. And then she poofed out of nowhere and I went back to my normal dream. Oh. And the next day I texted her. And, um, like the day after that, I think we ended up going to Target. She told me she was pregnant in the middle of Target. And, um, <laughs> that sounds like Allie. She's she very nonchalant, like, no big deal. Yeah. She was like, I literally found out like two days ago. And I was like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> so now, anytime I have a dream somebody's pregnant, I immediately am like, hello. Hi. <laughs> it has never been true since, but that one was. <laughs> but now, like, I feel like I have to text people. When I have a premonition dream about them, because then people think I'm not telling the truth. They think I'm lying about it. I believe you. I know you do. <laughs> All right. You ready for a listener story? <gasps> yes. All right. This one, it got me in my field place for like a hot minute. So I just want to give you a whole, whole okay. warning. Okay. It says a small but sweet ghost gesture. Aw. Hi, ladies. I wanted to drop a weird but sweet little story that actually happened this weekend. My friend lost her dad about three weeks ago. Her parents were already struggling to keep up their independence because of their age, so she had to make the tough decision to move her mom into assisted living after her dad passed. Oh, I am so sorry. Such a tough decision. Yeah. On moving day, we were in her mom's current bedroom disassembling the bed. There were three support bars to hold up the mattress, and they were meant to screw on both sides of the bed, but there was one screw missing. Middle bar, right side. 
I made sure to say it out loud and show my friends so we would remember when we put the bed back together. Mm-hmm. There are only five screws, so it looks like there's one missing. I don't want to be blamed later when we notice there's six holes and only five screws, I joked. <laughs> my friend said it made sense that there was one missing since the bed was so old that some of the holes were stripped after being moved a few times. She put the five screws in a sandwich baggie and made sure to put it in her pocket for when she put the bed, the bed back together. About an hour later, we were moving things into her mom's new place. While I was in the bedroom, out of the corner of my eye, a figure came in through the front door and into the living room. Knowing this is a place where many people have probably passed, I ignored it. About 20 minutes later, I was putting in the support bars for the bed and noticed none of the screws were missing. I looked up to my friend and said, wait, when did we find the missing screw? She looked at me puzzled and then down at the bed, and she said, well, I'll be damned. That's the weirdest thing. I had the baggie this whole time, and I didn't, and I know I didn't find it. And I said, must have been your dad. And she said, no, I think it was Ricky. And she looked up at the ceiling and said, thanks, babe. The day we moved her mom was the one-year anniversary of when my friend lost her husband. Although it's possible we had all the screws, but somehow both missed it, it brings joy to my heart to believe her husband came to make sure that she had the support she needed for such a tough day. Oh, no. And helped us um, put the bed back together. (laughs) Dang it. Enjoy the vibe and the content. Love you both so much, Renee. <laughs> Hold Renee. on, I can't talk. Hold on. <laughs> it's so sweet. Ricky. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to be able to hold it together. I'm sorry. Ugh. It's so sweet. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you imagine losing? No. Well, I, I mean, I can, but like, what? I really don't want to. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So thank you for sending us that sweet, sweet story. That is very... Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a bunch. Thanks a bunch, Renee. (laughs) Making our crusty souls cry. Uh My soul has been extra not crusty lately. My soul has been extra squishy. And I just, I find it so annoying. It really (laughs) is. You would find that annoying. It is. It is such a major inconvenience to my life. Who has time to cry in the car? I don't. But you know what? I have to make time. We have to make time now. I have to make time now. Starbucks had like the Starbucks that I go to, which I I have such like a deep soul connection with all the braces there. They always like doodle on my cup. Oh, sweet. So and this happens all the time at my Starbucks that there's a line of pay it forward. Yeah. And it just goes on. Until somebody decides to not pay for the car behind them. Right. And Can ha- you imagine being a barista in that? No, but it happens to them all the time. Oh, God. I know. So I would say more times than not, the person in front of me pays for my coffee and I pay for the person behind me. I don't ever wait in line. I always just um, pay, like, buy on my app and then pick up. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not getting out of my car. I don't have time to wait in a drive through <laughs> And that, I know what Starbucks are talking about, and that one always has such a banger-ass line. Yeah, it does. It wraps all the way around the building and the bank. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. This has happened to me 500 times. Why did I have to cry in my car for 25 minutes about it last week? About somebody's kindness. Why? It's so dumb. It's not dumb, but, like, it's a little dumb. I just am busy, and I'm so raw. Yeah. Right now. Every tiny little bit of thing is getting you in your nerve. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, rebuild my, like, crust, you know? You know? Yep. Okay. So, (laughs) this is a little heavy for a grab bag. I'm sorry that this is the note we're ending on. I mean, 
Y'all know what you signed up for. You know what you signed up for. This this one is rough. So this is a local crime that yeah. has been unfolding. Probably the first article was probably like a week ago. Okay. Maybe about the gentleman who was found in his car. Okay. Let me tell you the whole story. So things have finally come together. There's no like court date or anything yet or trial. But okay. listen. I literally know the person's name and that he was missing. Yes. And that is all I know. Well, they ish- And then I know he is dead yes he was missing they issued a silver alert and now he is dead so a man who went missing and was later found killed after a high-speed chase and a crash had been dismembered court oh, records show my god matthew kramer 21 and jacob Carrion hamilton 20 have been arrested in the death in subsequent dismemberment of 55 year old shane v Wynn. Picture are Matthew Kramer and oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm ending it all. <laughs> this is it. This is our last episode. It. Goodbye. According to a probable cause affidavit released Wednesday by Fortune Police, uh, officers spotted a suspicious vehicle behind a building, and when he went to investigate, he saw a black van driving away. The van was registered to Shane Wynn, who was the subject of a silver alert issued two days before. Police tried to stop the van, but it sped off at a high rate of speed. At one point, the driver jumped from the van and the passenger moved to the driver's seat. Police stopped the chase due to high speeds, and the van eventually crashed into the backyard of a home off Forest Park Boulevard, off of East State Boulevard here in Fort Wayne. The driver ran off. Okay. Inside the van, police found the dismembered body of Wynn in black plastic trash bags. Oh, my God. An autopsy found that he had died of blunt force trauma to the head, and the Allen County Coroner's Office ruled his death a homicide. During a search of the van, investigators found receipts from Goshen stores that listed items including tarps, a hacksaw, hacksaw blades, a plastic tub, two shovels, and a large knife. At the which, like, why are we you, not red flagging these? Yeah, this type kind of, of transaction, like, you know that the person checking them out was like, mm. Mm. looks like you're up to no good. Yeah, this is a recipe for disaster. <sighs> At the stores, police gathered surveillance that showed three males buying the items. A witness identified one of the men as Carrie Hamilton, and detectives recognized another as Kramer. Security video also showed the men driving Wynn's Honda Odyssey van. Detectives then found a picture of Kramer on social media that showed him at a storage facility along North Coliseum Boulevard in Fort Wayne. Why are we posting that on social media? That's mm, weird. Because everyone's, I don't know, dumb. It's weird. Dumb criminals are dumb. <sighs> um, detectives went there and found a blood-stained tarp with a large knife on it, along with other items. Police said they believe the men dismembered Wynn's body in the storage unit. Carrie Ann Hamilton was taken into custody on Monday. During an interview with police, he said he didn't know what happened until he came to Fort Wayne and Kramer took him to the storage unit and he saw the body. Oh, no. Carrie Ann Hamilton told police he sat in the van while Kramer, quote, did whatever he did inside of the storage unit. Uh. Carrie Ann Hamilton said he did not have anything to do with Wynn's death and he said he didn't know why they were buying the items at the Goshen stores. Kramer was found in Lakeville, Indiana on Monday, which was in real time yesterday, and taken to Fort Wayne Police Headquarters for an interview. Kramer told police he'd asked Wynn for a ride from Elkhart back to Fort Wayne and that he planned to kill Wynn before they reached Fort Wayne. 
it remains unclear why. What? In Fort Wayne, Kramer said they went to his storage unit on North Coliseum Boulevard. There, Kramer said he had wind turn around and he put him in a chokehold until he was unconscious. At that point, Kramer said he slammed Wynn's head on the pavement. At that point, Kramer said he pulled the body into the storage unit and completed killing him. He left his body inside the storage unit, locked it, and drove back to Goshen to buy items. With Karen Hamilton and another man, Cody Clements. Kramer told police he took money from Wynn and gave it to Karen Hamilton and Clements to buy the items. And Kramer said he discussed with Karen Hamilton how they were going to get rid of the body. And they dropped off Clements before they returned to Fort Wayne. Kramer told police he used a knife to cut on his body while Karen Hamilton held the body. And he was coaching Kramer on how to cut it into pieces. Oh, my God. So uh, clearly this is not the first time that he's done this. That is what all of the, you know how people like comment. Oh, yeah. On, yeah. Oh, my God. It's a mess. But that's what everybody is saying. And there was another member of the Asian American community here in Fort Wayne that went missing and has never been found. Yeah. And so now conspiracy theorists are linking the two. Yes. After it was dismembered, Karen Hamilton and Kramer loaded the body into the back of the van to dispose of it, but a police officer found them behind a building. Mother Kramer, 21, is charged with murder, resisting law enforcement, and abuse of a corpse. Jacob Karen Hamilton, 20, is charged with assisting a criminal, resisting law enforcement, and abuse of a corpse. Charges have not yet been filed against Clements. Wow. Fucking and bummer. I, like, Fort Wayne has some, like, gang and drug issues, mm-hmm. but violent murders like this, for the sake of, mur- really aren't common. Here. Right. I mean, we've had... April Tinsley. April Tinsley, um, the little girl a few years ago. I'll cover her. Yeah. Um. But really, like, this, this, is, this is very uncommon for our area. Yes, it is. Wow. And it's very sad and shocking. And our community is reeling. And our hearts go out to the Wynn family as they try to navigate this horrific time. Yeah. Wow. Fucking yikes. Fucking yikes. I am glad that you did that. I purposefully avoided all social media today so that I wouldn't see it, but it is all over social media. I mean, this is is the only thing people are sharing. Yeah. It's horrifying. Wow. So. You look really pretty today. Me? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in PJs. You're rocking it. (laughs) I had to curl my hair because it was too greasy for me to straighten it. I love that. Thank you. I went to a family dinner the other night and uh, Kevin was like, ooh, new hair. And I was like, nope, just clean. Just clean. No. <laughs> same old hair. Same hair. It's different just, state. <laughs> just clean now. That's all. But thank like, you. Oh. It's funny how it's a different color when it's clean, yeah. right? <laughs> a lot more shiny. Weird. Uh, actually, that's going to be my bright and shiny. Is it? Is um, my realtor, Dana, introduced me <laughs> to a new dry shampoo. Oh. And I'm obsessed. What is it? It is Moroccan Sun. It smells so good. Okay. Um, I will take a picture and I will send it to you. Yes, please Because do that. you, it's, it's a little expensive. But oh, wow. it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's fucking worth every drippity dime. Oh. I also have a new hair product I've been using. It is a um, 
shit, what is it? <laughs> Are you looking at the wall like you can see through it? Oh, it's on the wall! It's right, <laughs> it's, it's right there. <laughs> oh, is that's it, embarrassing. Uh, it's like a perfect hair day. Um, oh. Uh, texture spray. Okay. And so it just gives you like a little oomph of body for I, the day. I need that. Oh, it's amazing. I, I love need, it. I need that so bad. My hair is 900 feet long right it now. It is. And um, I'm waiting to like do a big chop until after the wedding. Yep. Which is like so soon. <laughs> So soon. Oh my gosh. Um, my bright and shiny today is I am um, working with um, another member of my daily work life fam to put together something really cool for our teams. I love that. And so I'm excited that she asked me for my help. Nothing brings a bright and shiny like doing a bright and shiny for somebody else. Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> there. There's your lesson for the day (laughs) do something bright and shiny for somebody else there's jenny's uh fortune cookie (laughs) it's so shitty (laughs) it's the worst it's like moldy on the inside yeah i love that you crack it open and it's just ants oh god (laughs) oh all right well go find us on the social medias and send us an email we want to know about your matrix stories specifically yes a little bit grim at gmail.com follow us on all of the social means if you're feeling generous you could leave us a review on apple podcasts or on podcorn no that's not right pod chaser why am i like this? something it's been too long google pod and leave a review wherever you find it yeah do that it really helps us you guys have no idea absolutely so and it brings us joy so. <gasps> we love you a lot be kind to yourself and to others goodbye Bye. Bye.